0: Life Group Launch <laughs> Alright, don't get so excited Turn with me in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 4 And put a finger over in Acts chapter 2 I have the privilege of teaching one of the ministry development classes. I'm teaching uh, the membership class with Josh and Chantel Miss this morning. Let's just go ahead and point that out, okay? No. Um, And, you know, Acts chapter 2, Ecclesiastes 4. And while I'm sharing, we did this before, and we do the same group of classes in the spring and again in the fall, so I've taught the class before. But just to tell you the truth, I didn't like study the session that we were going to teach today because I'm like, I know the material. And while I'm sharing in the class, I'm like, that's my scripture for this morning. That's my scripture too for this morning. So you two were not the only two that missed the class. Everybody, you missed the class this morning. Besides that, the donuts were like this big. That's only for people in class. But... It was good. We talked about the mission and the vision of Cornerstone Assembly of God. And that being said, life groups is a pivotal part of our mission and our vision. And that's being able to walk life out with each other. Do life together. Fellowship with each other. So at the end, so today the message I'm going to share with you this morning is titled True Community. And at the end of the message, I'll introduce the life group leaders to you and everyone will have a chance to come up and sign up for a life group and the ushers are going to lock the doors and shut off the fans until everybody signs up for a life group before you leave this morning. Shutting off the fans will be key. Anyway, so look with me over in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning with verse 9, it says two. Are better than one because they have a good return for their labor if either of them falls down one can help the other up and as we get older we need that anyway but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up also if two lie down together they will keep warm it's a metaphor people no life groups are going to be laying down together okay They do come unless they're in the marriage group. It's okay. Outside of the group, though. Anyway, but how can anyone keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, the translation there being overwhelmed. So though one may be overwhelmed, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken, and I've. Officiated a lot of weddings and we always use that scripture in weddings about two and you know Three strand Jesus in the middle and there it is the perfect and but this is talking also about the body of Christ This is talking about us being together That together is always better And this is the wisest man that ever lived Wrote this And so if the wisest man who ever lived or it says will ever live, ever live, says that it's better to do life together than being a loner, I think we should listen to them. And as a matter of fact, I want to show you a video I showed you at the Life Group launch last year because I haven't found one that says this any better, that it's not wise to be a loner. So let's watch Sammy snorkel as he teaches us a lesson.
1: There once was a dangerous shark called Lonely. Now, Lonely was a stalker. He'd eat any little thing in his path. Now there also was a man named Sammy Snorkel that lived on the bottom of the sea. Now Sammy Snorkel wasn't sociable, so seclusion suited him and he remained submerged in the sea for a very long time. Even the thought of resurfacing spooked Sammy Snorkel. So Sammy Snorkel swam the sea in seclusion for years and years and years. Then one day the shark only caught Sam S. Snorkel's scent and started to stalk him. So scared was Sam S. Snorkel that he swam from Lonely for years. He swam from Lonely for decades. He swam from Lonely for 67 long years. It's sad to say, but in the end, Lonely got the best of Sammy Snorkel. He snuffed him out, then devoured Sammy Snorkel in one single bite. And that was the end of Sammy Snorkel.
0: Semis snorkel. We need to take a lesson from Semis snorkel. Two are better than one. And if two are better than one, how much more powerful can ten be together than just two? Our purpose statement for life groups is connecting, caring, growing doing life together because we were never meant to do it alone connecting caring and growing so let's look at the main scripture acts chapter 2 i want to break this down for you i know we've read this probably a hundred times or more we read it this morning in group right Travis yeah he's eating his donut listen it no he didn't yeah big donut All right, Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and if you don't think it's sacrilegious to write in your Bible, do that. Underline these words, and. And does not mean if you feel like it. Have you ever followed ingredients in a recipe? Every line means "and." and this, and this and this." I remember I was baking muffins for a cafe downstate, and she's like, "How come yours always turns out so nice and fluffy? I'm using your recipe, and, and it just they just don't come out right. I said, "Well, let's look at the recipe together then." I'm like, "And." And and she goes, and I said, so you put all these in there. She goes, well, I don't like baking with salt, so I leave salt out. And baking soda's is kind of salty, so I leave that. <laughs> well, no wonder. What do you want? Pancakes or muffins? You can't leave those things out. They're ands. So when we're reading the Bible, think of it like ingredients for your life. There's not pick and choose in the buffet of God. No, it's ands. This is the one place where belly up, eat it all, take it all in. It's ands. So underline the words when you see ands, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Hallelujah. And to prayer. Everyone, underline that one, that's a big one too. Didn't say in some certain people. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Here's another one to underline. All the believers, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So don't complain about once a week. Every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And this is what. The equal sign here, if we were plus, 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 plus in here, here's the equal sign. And guess what was the outcome? Nice fluffy muffins, not flat pancakes. The fluffy muffin is the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. Why? Because of all those ands. They devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It was a plus, 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 plus. Now here's the equal sign. This is the fluffy muffin. And I want a fluffy muffin right now. I can't. No, I, if I just pick this and pick that, flat pancake. Even if that's all you remember, go ahead and go home today. Remember, I want the fluffy muffin. Make you fluffy. The original church began in the homes of believers. So why do we think real life change is going to happen once a week in a church service? Andy Stanley said it best. He says circles are better than rows. And just for my sister's sake, I'm using my I'm talking with my hands. Circles are better than rows. If you didn't know this, you are sitting in a row. Okay, we're all there now. Circles bring people face to face. When you sit in a row, I'm the only one that sees your face. Sometimes it's not pretty. You're the only one that sees my face. I know sometimes it's not pretty, so i just get a little over But circles bring people face to face. I was actually listening to a message. Oh, now I just forgot who was teaching it. Anyway, I listen to a new message every day. But he talked about that family. When you're, when you're in a family, when you're in a fellowship, um, he used the illustration about um, David and Jonathan, you know, the friendship, the kings, the kinsmanship relationship that they had. And when Jonathan died and David became king, he said, To honor my friend Jonathan, find me anybody in his family. He's going to be part of my family, basically. Here's Brenda version. And they found he did have a son who was a cripple. And he was, his feet were basically broken, lame. He couldn't walk. But he told him, he, he restored him all the treasures, all the riches of his family. And then he said, but I want you eating at my table every day. And the illustration this pastor talked about is when you pull yourself up to the table with family, your handicaps, your less than mentionables, you know, that you don't want anybody to stare at, is covered. See, when he sat at the king's table, he was just another one of the king's family. No one's looked at his crippled feet. Nobody could see his crippled feet. Circles are better than Rose. circles pull people face to face and they'll look over those things that we think everybody's staring at you know also oh, so you gained 20 I had a grandma every time I saw her she didn't say wow it's been so long since I seen you it's so nice to see you first words out of her mouth boy have we put on weight it's like oh I'm sorry my tight jeans didn't tell me that you had to point that out to me Now you're all going to be looking at my tight jeans. I'm just going to stay back here. That's not good family. Anyway, I'm talking about family, covering, being together, close to close, face to face. Andy Stanley goes on to say that rows don't know. People can continue to come and sit in a row week after week and not grow. Life change happens in circles because accountability occurs in circles, not rows. I can't keep you accountable if I only see you once a week and you can come in and, oh, Lord, love you, sit down, uh, write out your grocery list while I think you're taking notes during the message, and then leave. <laughs> Shut up, we've all done it. Anyway. There's no accountability there. But when we're face to face in a circle. Family. Now I can get that relationship that breeds accountability. Accountability comes through relationships. Ephesians 4.15 says, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Accountability shares with someone they care about when they see the it coming. There's nothing more frustrating to a pastor, probably anybody else, than to hear a Christian say, a day after, a week after, a month after, oh, yeah, I saw that coming and so-and-so before they backslid and left the church. and well, you, you saw it coming? Accountability shares with someone they care about when they see the it coming. You know, you see the way the wife is talking to her husband. You see the way the father isn't correcting the son. You see the friend who is gossiping behind another person's back. And then the inevitable it happens. Life groups help grow mature Christians that prevent many of these it's from happening. Because they're circles, not rows. Acts that we read describes the true community that I want to share with you today. The church was never designed to replace that community. Let me read this to you. I shared this last year too. The church was never designed to replace that community. The church cannot meet the needs that only a community or a life group can. It's an unfair expectation to assume that responsibility upon the church. And when the needs go unmet, the pastor didn't attend my son's birthday party. The church didn't give me money when I needed it. The ministry leader didn't call me when I was sick. The result is frustration with the church. Yes, the church needs to be caring for and loving the body. I'm not saying that. But when trouble comes to your doorstep, when needs arise, those in your life group, Are the ones that will be there to help you meet the need. And they are the ones that can support you throughout that situation. They'll also be the ones who can speak the truth to you in love. If your situation is based upon poor decisions. Because they have a relationship with you. So they can do that. Life groups. Listen to this. Life groups are like retirement funds. If you don't start investing in them now, it won't be there when you need it. And let's just say I said that because I can't, I mean, it sounds more wittier than me. But anyway, I'll say I don't have anybody's quote there, so that's just me. Anyway, life group leaders, take notes. You'll be quizzed on this later. Everybody else needs to take notes too because you'll be helping them monitor these in their life groups. Before I move into the do's, the elements that must be present in the life groups, I want to share with you a few don'ts. These are things that don't need to be present in your life group. Number one, share information, but don't gossip. You can share a prayer request, but don't call it a prayer request if it's just gossiping. I remember an old song country song where it was a country song even. And I think it was Mark Lowry. is that his name? With the Gaither snow? Lowry? I think a Lowry season salt. Anyway. Food's on the brain today. Anyway, uh he was doing a little song about, you know, Jesus calling him and checking in on him and say, What are you doing? He's and you don't hear what the conversation on the other end of the phone. You only hear what he's saying. And I remember they must have said something about, it was God calling on the other end, said something about, you're gossiping. He says, oh, Lord, no, I don't gossip. Everything I say about my neighbors are true. <laughs> it's still gossip. Gossip doesn't mean it has to be a lie. Gossip is gossip. Gossip. So, share information, but don't gossip. Number two, don't complain. Don't turn your life groups into complain campaigns. Don't complain. And especially, you have no place to complain if you have no responsibility in it. Don't complain. And number three, eat together, but don't roast the pastor. Life groups are not a time for you to sit around. Did you hear what she said? Did you see what she was wearing? And by the way, I like jeans. I wear jeans a lot. You will probably never see me in a dress. Matter I did go with Oh, boy, there. Some of you are very sad now. I did try one on. Did I not, mother? You were with me. I tried one on. I walked out, said, there you go. You saw me in a dress. I'm going back. Anyway, don't roast the, but yeah, my wedding, thank you. 27 years ago, that was long enough. <laughs> don't roast the pastor. So in your groups, there's three big don'ts, okay? Don't gossip, don't complain, don't roast the pastor. Um, But let me just give you a, a little pointer here. If you just quietly sit there in a conversation you know is wrong and you don't correct it, you're just as wrong. And let me assure you, over 24, almost five years of being in the ministry, you will be tagged as one who agreed. Because I have sat there and, you know, people coming into my office and saying, some of us were talking and we said this about you or this about this ministry and this need. And I'm like, whew. Who's some of you? And they'll start giving me names, and I'm writing down the names, and I'm thinking. so, And I'll go talk to them. I will. And when I talk to those people, they're like, oh, I didn't agree to it. Well, were you sitting there? Well, yeah, I was sitting there. Did you disagree with it? No. Well, then you agreed with it. So just because you're sitting in a conversation that you don't agree with, if you don't say anything, you've agreed with it. So if your group start going into the don't category, correct them. Remember, speaking the truth in love, face-to-face, building relationships. You can do that. Correct them. So three big don'ts. Don't gossip. Don't complain. Don't roast the pastor. All right, here's here's the big four for do's. Okay, I only gave you three don'ts. The big four for do. And of course, the Lord gave me an acronym for it to help you remember. For true community, the word true, we're looking at transparency, relationships, understanding, and evangelism. That's four big components that need to be in every life group. Again, it's not a you pick and choose. Well, we're only going to do relationships. If that's all you do, I can assure you those three don'ts are going to be part of your group. You've got to have all four of these together. Transparency, relationships, understanding, and evangelism. And let me just take a minute and go through these quickly. Transparency. What I'm talking about is stop going around with your mask on. Putting on your your religious, I'm okay, (laughs) everything's fine. Face, because back when Brian and I went through, I mean, we had always. I mean, let's just get it, get it real, open it up here. Uh, marriage sucks at times. I tried to whisper so we didn't get that on tape. It stinks at times. Marriage is tough. Putting two individuals together is not always harmony. And so when we went through, you know, every time there was, you know, um, what what do they call that? We had a conversation. Every time we'd have a conversation and it seemed like the whole house was getting ready to implode, you know, it goes this way, it doesn't just explode, it kind of goes in on itself. I wanted to quickly run around and clean everything up, fix it, you know. Okay, you're right, and, and you're right, so nobody's really wrong, and okay, so you need to stop fighting with so-and-so. And at one time, what do we have, like 12, 15 people in our home? That's never good. Anyway, especially when there was a, a few women. Anyway, so I'm trying to fix everything, and I would sweep it all up, sweep it under the rug, and everybody's happy now. We're all okay, we're all okay. Church time. And God told me after, you know, the the last big blow-up thing, and I'm like, Lord, why? I've devoted myself to the ministry, doing all we think, all the right things. Why does this keep happening? And I finally got a revelation from God that says, I will not, cannot, I cannot heal what you continue to hide. And until you take it out, put it in your open hands, and give it to me, I'll be able to heal it. And isn't that true? So many times in our lives, especially women, I mean, I can, I, can, I can tell you what a woman's woman is thinking because I'm a woman. Men, I don't know. I'll, I know you want to fix everything. I know that. They're 27 years of marriage, I know. You just want to fix things and it's frustrating if you can't fix it. Women, we just want to organize everything. So if we see something disorganized, we want to take it back and we'll put it all together. Which is, so then you have the man on the other side, it's broken, so let me just hold on to that until I can fix it. And God says, okay, you're organizing, you're fixing, I'm here, you need some help? Transparency says, I know I'm not the only one going through it. Scripture even says that. That don't be surprised, whatever you're going through, somebody else is going through it or has been through it or will go through it. But when we came to our life group, the first one we did in Charlotte before we even moved up here and we had a I mean right after we got back together again because we separated for a little bit, got counseling, came back together, and went right to the pastor and I said, I know there's other marriages in the church that need this. We just need a life group. We want to start it. We're not perfect, but we need the accountability. And if we circles together, we can do this together. And when we started, we shared our testimony from the pulpit. I had leaders pulling me aside and whispering to me, my marriage is on the rocks and I have nobody I can talk to because I'm a leader in the church. But when you shared your testimony, I realized other people are going through the same thing. And we heard this in our last life group last year here in our house. It's easy to look in the rows and think everybody's perfect. Oh, you have a perfect marriage. Oh, my marriage was only like Neil and Deborah's. They're perfect. They never argue. She's so sweet. She puts up with them. Oh, I mean, she's so sweet. They don't do anything wrong. But when we started opening up in life group, it's like, wow, they got problems. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I hated that. The first year in my life group, you know, I would sit there and, I mean, I would, I would say, God, here I am doing what you told me to. I'm not hiding it so that you can heal it, but Lord, have somebody else talk about their last week. I don't want to tell them what Brian and I just went through this last week. And I'd sit there and just grind my teeth together because I'm like, somebody else is going to talk, somebody else is going to talk, somebody else is. And I could tell, You you know, you can tell when a couple is going through something by the way they sit beside each other or look at each other. You just know. I mean, they try to hide it, but you know. And there's tension in the room. And so, I I mean, every week I'd sit there and I'd feel the tension in our living room of however many. I think we had 18 or 20 people in our living room. It was a huge group that once they realized somebody else is being honest, I need help too, jumped in. And I'm like, Lord, please, somebody else. And I'm talking about the one in Charlotte, not this last one. This last one's just perfect. Everybody just shared all the time. But every week I just grab my teeth saying, I am not going to tell them we just got in a fight. Before people got here, I'm not going to tell them about that. And I know what I was supposed to do, but I didn't do it. And every week it would just pew out. God's like, see, I'll heal it if you don't hide it. And I'm like, it'd be nice if we hit a little, Lord. Just hide a little. But every week. But transparency means look around the room. Take your mask off. And build those relationships, those face-to-face. If you won't open up and be real with those in your group, your group won't do you any good. As a matter of fact, you'll probably end up causing more harm than good. Because they'll just think, well, you're just perfect. Kirk never has a problem. He's always smiling. Everything always goes right for Kirk. You don't even need a life, group. Why is he here? Super Kirk. So transparency. Take the mask off. Get real with each other. Relationship. Number two, relationships. Choose someone or a couple someone's and get together outside the group. Outside the group even. Oh, sure. Now she's having me go to church every week. She's asking me to go to group every week. Now she's asking me to do something else. Something you already do. Something you already do. Just take somebody along. Or bring them over. I have a house cleaning party at my house once a week. Twice if I have more volunteers. I'm good with that too. Something I already do. This is when accountability really happens. Because now you've went from I just have to meet with you once a week to I want to meet with you. Now that's building a better relationship and better accountability. And let me let me just quiz you for a second. How many enjoy changing when someone you don't know tells you what you should or shouldn't do? What? will commit to change because a trusted friend challenged you to do or not do something. How many? Will you change then? Depends on the person. It really does, right? Isn't that what you're thinking? Depends on the person. That's called that relationship. You see, I can go to my sister and say something that somebody else said a challenge, a rebuke, a whatever, a correction. I can say the exact same thing to her, but I'll have a different result because I have a relationship with her. I can speak the truth and love to her and get a different result than if somebody who didn't have a relationship with her told her, you should or shouldn't do this or that. See, that head thing even comes out when I think about that. You should or you shouldn't do this or that. If it's a relationship, I can accept that challenge. I I can, yeah, I know. Yeah, I need to do that. That's that relationship. Again, Ecclesiastes that we read earlier, two are better than one. Bill Johnson said you cannot become all God intends for you outside of the family of God. Outside of the family, you can live under the illusion that all is well. See, there's that rose, don't know. A great African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. More can do more. Understanding. Understanding is twofold. It's understanding each other and it's understanding God's word. You have to have both. Understanding each other. I'm talking about having empathy, not sympathy. I had to look up the definition of these two words. Because I get them mixed up. Sympathy means feeling compassion or sorrow or pity for the hardship that another person encounters. Empathy is putting yourself in someone else's shoes. You see, empathy will cause you to do something. Sympathy means you'll drive by and go, oh. Empathy puts the brakes on the car, gets out of the car and goes over to them. And doesn't just say, "Ah, oh, what can I do? How can I help? So understanding each other by having empathy, not sympathy. And the second part of that is understanding God's word. We don't need one more person to tell us their opinion of what we need to do. We need people to share God's word with us and help us walk it out, apply it to each aspect of our life. That's what we need. We need to understand God's word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. We need to understand each other, and we need to understand God's word and how it goes with our life, how we walk it out. And then the last part of true community is evangelism. Here's enough ease to, uh, basket of ease, let me just say that. Encourage, equip, exhort everyone to evangelism. Everyone to evangelism. This is our great commission, not a great suggestion, not a great idea, not a great philosophy, not even a great vision. It's a great commission for Everyone, he didn't say some of you, he said everyone to all the world. Matthew 28 18 through 20. You've got to have that memorized, and if you don't have that memorized, you will. We say it enough around here. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, here it is, correctly applying the word of truth, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely, or here it is in in our English, seriously, seriously. Do you get this? Seriously. I am with you always. Seriously. I am with you always to the very end of the age. And here's the very first. If you're like, oh, evangelism just makes my palms sweat. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I can't do it. Remember, this is an easy first step. Remember that you are an ambassador of Christ. We talked about this in our MDC classes. Paul says you are a living epistle, you are a, a living, a walking letter known and read by everyone. If you just get that, you'll be a great evangelist. Knowing that your every life, your comments, your driving, your uh, interaction with the cashier, your interaction with the waitress, your interaction with other people in the world, your co-workers, whatever, that you are an ambassador of Christ. You are a living epistle. You are a living letter known and read by everyone. You either represent him well or you repudiate his truth. You turn people away from you. Say you're a Christian, but your life is saying something completely different. So if you can just get that down, you don't have to go knocking on doors and handing out pamphlets. Unless you want to do that, then we'll give you the pamphlets to hand out. You can be an evangelist everywhere you go by just being a living letter known and read by all men, that you represent him well. I love it. Pastor Mark, my senior pastor at Charlotte Assembly of God, had a sign made at the, the beginning of the driveway. There was a long driveway out the church drive that only you could only see on your way out that said represent him well. I like that. That was a reminder every day. Because, you know, I worked every day. Anyway, Sunday. People just got to see it once a week. Some of us saw it every day. It was a reminder. Represent him well. You know, maybe we need a little sticky notes all over our house or in our car or at our cubicle at work. Represent him well. Remind me. Reminding you. Your groups. When you sit face to face, remind each other. How are you representing him this week? How did you represent him this week? Well, I messed up. Okay. Let's pray for that. Let's pray for that. Go fix it if you have to. Oh, no, I'll just pray over it. I don't want to go fix it. You know, when I was working on my machine on the line and, you know, it came down and hit my hand and I yelled out the very blessed words of God. No. When I yelled out something, I thought, where did that come from? The guy... Working beside you knew where that came from. Instead of you just saying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. You should have turned to your worker and said, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Sometimes that stuff just kind of gets in it, in you, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I have to quickly ask God, forgive me for that. and I need to ask you, too, forgive me for that. I shouldn't have said that. Instead of just praying about it, do something about it, too. Represent him well uh so if you really understand we read that Jesus is with us always seriously Jesus is with us always then what we need to do is ask when you're in the grocery store when you're you know at the restaurant wherever god is there somebody here you want me to talk to do you really believe that Jesus is with you everywhere you go do you really believe he can talk to you at any time that you don't have to be on your knees and you know head bowed and he'll talk to you everywhere you go? I think that was part of a word today. And I want to talk to you about are you listening? So ask him. Is there anybody in the grocery store you want me to talk to today? Or pray with in the middle of where was he at? Menards or Walmart or somewhere. Wherever. Is there somebody that you just want me to show them your love and not take credit for it? Seriously. I am with you Everywhere. That's evangelism. So there it is. True community, transparency, relationships, understanding, evangelism. Those four things need to be present in your life group. In your circle, keep each other accountable. Whatever reason, excuse you try to stand on for why you can't or won't get involved in a life group, it all boils down to being selfish. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, didn't we? The message, am I a selfish Christian? Oh, well, there isn't a group that meets the night that I have off. Oh, the leader that I would like to see isn't leading a group. The other leaders I don't really like. If you are only open to connecting to a life group when it's convenient for you, trust me. Satan will make sure it's never convenient for you. And could you imagine somebody in perfect health saying, I got this way because it was just convenient for me. (laughs) It was convenient for me to wake up at 4.30 every morning and do 100 push-ups and sit-ups and run five miles. And it was convenient for me to eat all healthy food and And walk away from the wonderful desserts like Linda made yesterday and you all missed. (laughs) If you're looking for growth just in convenience, I don't even know where to send you for that one. But if you find it, (laughs) it won't ever be convenient. If you want true growth, it has to be a commitment, not convenience. The bottom line, if you're a people person, you love the idea of life groups, and you've been waiting for this all year long. You hated that we even took a break. And now you're ready to get involved and jump in. But if you tend to be a loner, take a lesson from Semes Snorkel. And the shark named Lonely will find you. So just remember... You might not need others as much as others need you. So get connected in a group. So that's how we're going to close today's message. I am going to introduce today's life group leaders. And again, remember in Acts chapter 2, the true community that was established was based on the principle, all believers, everyone committed. So let me do this. Inside your bulletin is this nice, beautiful little flyer. These are our eight life groups that are launching. There are other life groups that will be starting or could possibly be starting, like one that didn't get on here. Uh, Linda just talked to me yesterday. And if you show interest, she said she's willing to, To um, relaunch, last year she did a life group in her house, which is closer to Traverse City area, which we don't have. Do we have any over there? No, see? We need one over there. But let her know today, um, and then they would follow that same. um, We rotate DVD series, which is a small DVD that you watch, and then you talk it out with the group and pray with the group. It's Anyway, it's really good. But let me do this. Let me go through this list, and as later, as you hear your name, please come up and stand by or behind your spot here on the table. Mondays at 6:30 at the Messer Smiths' home. It is seven. You're putting corrections already. 7:30. 7:30. Mondays at 7:30. That's almost my bedtime. 7.30, wow, I know, right? Okay, Monday's at 7.30, Smith's home, co-led by Sally, Joe, and Jason and Shannon. That's in Benzonia. This group will be going through a few of the DVD series, because we rotate the DVD series, but they're going to start with The Power to Heal by Randy Clark. Kids are welcome, but they need to be self-supervised. Mondays, Brian, you'll have to stand for us wherever we are, somewhere. Mondays at six thirty PM The Mowers home. This is for married couples only. Oh I'm sorry, the Smith's home is for adults, married, single adults, doesn't matter. Mondays at six thirty at my house, Mowers Home, married couples only. We live just two doors down. We'll focus on marriage enrichment, starting with the DVD curriculum. Laugh your way to a better marriage. That goes for five weeks, and then what we'll do is we'll take a couple weeks off. And then if you want to be involved in just some of these, because we're going through no, down here, Frank.: you. you go, Brian. Um, we're going to go through laugh your way to a better marriage, the bondage breaker and love and respect, but we'll take a break between each one of those. So if you can only can, you know commit to one group of those or all of them. Um, you can sign up for the full season or just pick and choose a topic. But this is married couples only, no children, and no potluck. Uh, Michigan fans, Notre Dame fans. Oh, really? Wow. He ummed it up. Yeah, he, he watched. He okay. Um. Helen Milk's home where's Helen there's Helen this is adults married or singles they meet in Thompsonville she'll be doing that DVD series rotation but they're going to be starting with the bondage breaker by Neil Anderson and she says no child care right no child care right she says right oh the self self self-supervised you can bring them but the self-supervised we need to make that note too um, Tuesdays at seven PM There's gonna be a Frankfurt Healing Class group. This is led by Pastor Neil and Deborah, hosted by Mike and Anna. This is out at their new facility in Frankfurt. They'll be going through the D V D series that we've been going through on Thursday nights, The Essential Guide to Healing by Randy Clark and Bill Johnson. And no child care, guys. No child care? No. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they love kids. But talk to them up here after we're done. Friday nights at 7 p.m. is the Lee's home. This is in Interlocking. And they'll be doing the DVD series rotation as well, but they're going to start with the end. (laughs) The series is called The End, dot, 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 by Robert Morris. And again, theirs is no child care, but you don't even have room for supervise. No, they can't go. There's no room. They need a bigger house. And then last but not least, we have the three groups that meet during Cornerstone Connect, which just happened last night. Again, you missed it. Don't miss it next month. So this is once a month. Is the men's Bible study led by Pastor Neal. The group is focusing on issues faced by every man and biblical principles to living victoriously. And they handed it out. And what was that? T- you got it right there. It's the call, right? The call. Amazing. The next one is the ladies Bible study, which is led by Linda Veriki. Woo. Woohoo! Her group right now is going through the spectacular mind by Dave Williams, right? But also, if you're interested in doing a group during the week that would meet at her house, please come and tell her. And she would do that same DVD series rotation. And then the Young Adults group, led by Pastor Denny and Josie. Woohoo! This group will be focusing on messages that relate specifically to this demographic to help them grow closer to God. And each other, and not burn down the sanctuary while they're doing it, right? Oh, no promises. Oh, no. All right, this is your life group leaders for the 2017 season. I'll stand up here. I look so tall.